Hello, welcome to Westover Hills. I'm Eric, and part of my job is to see you connected and growing in the church. So before service starts, let me tell you a little bit about Westover, what we offer, and what to expect today. If you spend just a little bit of time with us, you'll probably hear the phrase, making new and making great. It's our mission statement. And let me share what it means. Making new refers to the new life you experience when you become a Christ follower. Making great is the great life God has for all who live a life devoted to Him. We want you to experience both here at Westover Hills. To learn more about what we offer, stop by our Connection Center. We'd like to greet you, get to know a little about you, and give you a special gift. Plus, answer any questions you might have. One way we're reaching others for Jesus is our Cafe with a Cause. If you're looking for a snack or a cup of coffee on the weekend, or want a hot meal before our midweek service, visit this cafe by the West Entrance. All proceeds from Cafe with a Cause are sent to Core Love, an international organization dedicated to helping orphans in need. We value your children, and it's important for them to enjoy church and learn about Jesus. That's why we provide age-appropriate classes designed just for them during all services. We have a great team of staff and volunteers who offer care and classes for little ones through fifth grade. To sign up your child, stop by the registration area. Our children's check-in system allows us to keep track of all children in our care and gives us a way to contact you if your child needs attention. You can also use the system to alert us of your child's allergies, medical conditions, or special needs. If you're uncomfortable leaving your child somewhere new on your first visit, we understand. So you're welcome to attend classes with your child until they've adjusted. For parents with newborns, we have a wiggle giggle room at the back of the auditorium, which you're welcome to use until your child is a few months old and ready for the nursery. If you keep your child in the auditorium with you, we ask that you please step out if your child begins crying as a courtesy to those around you. Westover Students is a great place for your middle and high schoolers to hang out with friends and grow closer to God with worship and teaching that speaks to their age group. We offer services for both middle and high school during all weekend service time. Our student services take place in the Student Center. Service will begin soon, so get ready for the worship team to lead us as we celebrate our Creator and seek His presence. We encourage expressive worship, so feel free to clap and lift your hands as we sing. One of our pastors will then share a message before we end with the formal dismissal. All together, we'll be here about 75 minutes. Every service includes a time to give. We believe in giving generously and cheerfully, just as the Bible instructs. We make it easy to participate in this act of worship by offering several giving methods. You can give in service using provided envelopes, give online through our app or giving kiosk, or give by text using your smartphone. Well, thanks again for joining us. We hope we've answered any of your questions and you got a chance to know us a little better. We now invite you to stand and join us in giving praise to our God as our worship team leads us. Together, let's lift up the name of Jesus in this place. Amen. We worship.
worship you, Jesus. Whatever comes, whatever goes, there is one thing that I know you are faithful. And you are faithful. So I speak out your word. It has the power to change my world. You're my breakthrough. You're my breakthrough. And I will trust you. I will trust you.
a line has been drawn let the walls fall down we know whose we are the city is ours let the walls fall down fall down now is the time get ready to fight let the walls fall down the kingdoms at hand we take back our land let the walls fall down and we shout victory victory Turns to faith, let the walls fall down. Hear freedom sound as chains hit the ground, let the walls fall down. We shall victory, victory over the lies of the enemy.
place to you tonight, Lord. There's no one like you, Lord. As we're preparing for this time of worship over this past week and a half, we, it's been beautiful weather and we've been outside with our kids a lot. And I was thinking about this as I was looking forward to tonight. And uh, we've been teaching our daughter how to ride a bike and, and my son, he rides his bike. And, and my husband told him something the other day, my son is full of high energy. He has high energy and oftentimes when he's riding his bike, he gets very distracted. And so he looks over here and his bike follows him and then he runs into the trash can. And he looks over here and his bike follows him. And my husband said something and he said, Mason, where you put your eyes is where your bike is gonna go. And the Lord so quickly dropped something into my spirit in that moment. And it was, Lindsay, where you put your focus is where you're going to go. And so as we've been going throughout this week, God's been reminding me of that. And Lindsay, where you put your focus, that's where you're going to go. And I feel so heavily that there's someone in this place that you're walking through something and you have your eyes so focused on the problem. You have your eyes so focused on the lack. You have your eyes so focused on a doctor's report. You have your eyes so focused on one specific family uh, situation. And the Lord is saying where you put your eyes, where you put your focus, that's what's going to consume where you go. And tonight, I believe that the Lord is asking us and he's telling us, look up. Because I have something good and I have something better for you tonight. So if you're in this place and you feel like you've been looking down into something, tonight the Lord is saying, look up. Because in the middle of madness, in the middle of a storm, he is the Prince of Peace. So we're going to sing this and declare it tonight. Grander earth's quaked before, moved by the sound of his voice. Seas that are shaken and stirred can be calmed and broken for my regard. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And through it all, through it all, it is
Pour it out. 
lift up shouts of praise. There is no one like our God. We serve a faithful and a mighty God. Amen. We worship you, Jesus. Shall I fear? You crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield, though troubles linger still. Whom shall I fear? Come on, Wester, you say, I know who goes before me, I know who stands behind. always by my side the one who reigns forever he is a friend of mine the God of angel armies is always by my side my strength is in your name for you alone can save you will deliver Yours is the victory, whom shall I fear, whom shall, whom shall I fear, I know who goes before me, I know who stands behind, the God of angel armies is always
nothing that can stand against our God. And that is a promise that we can cling to. Amen? Amen. Well, welcome to Westover. We are so glad you're here tonight. If you could, would you turn to the person next to you, share a smile, and then you may be seated. Welcome to Westover Hills Northwest Campus. I'm Jessica, and I want to thank you for worshiping with us today. We value all our guests, and we'd love to meet you. If you're new here, fill out a Connect card and bring it by the Connection Center in our main lobby after service. Someone there will greet you, answer any questions you might have, and give you a gift to remember us by. If you've been with us before, but have never visited the Connection Center, take a moment to drop by. If you haven't already, download the Westover app. It's a great way to follow along and take notes during service. Just make sure your phone's set to silent. Our pathway to making great is connecting, growing, and serving. And we have a few next steps to help you on your way. As many of you know, Westover Hills has a school of ministry that offers associate's degrees and college credit through our partnership with Southwestern Assemblies of God University. If you want to learn more about pursuing your passion through our school of ministry, attend an informational meeting during Sunday services at 9 or 11 a.m. on March 18th. Choose the time that works best for you. Hey parents, I'm Pastor Will, and I'm excited to share news about this year's Kids Camp. From July 9th to 12th, we're going to be in Wimberley, Texas, where kids from 2nd to 5th grade are going to have a great time with games, water slides, and zip lines. But the best thing... They're going to learn about Jesus and grow closer to God through worship and messages designed just for them. Reserve your child's spot with a $60 deposit and you have until June 10 to pay your remaining balance. We can't wait to see your kids there. And parents of younger children, we haven't forgotten your kids. From June 25th to 27th, we'll have Kids Camp Junior for boys and girls from 3 to 6 years old. We're going to have a blast at this day camp with crafts, games, and loads of fun activities for your little ones. Register for Kids Camp Junior by June 10th and get ready for summer fun with Westover Kids. Hey Westover, Pastor Jonathan here with two of our friends from K-Love to tell you about an upcoming opportunity for our families. We're partnering with Westover Hills for Family Game Day at 10 a.m. Saturday, April 14th at the softball field. We're going to have lots of fun with outdoor games and sports that the entire family can enjoy. Admission does include a meal and concessions will be sold on site. It'll be a great chance to connect with other families in faith. Sign up your family online by April 1st for the best rate. We hope to see you there. Find information on these events and more on our website, westoverhills.church. Click on our events page where you'll find featured events and a complete calendar of our upcoming opportunities. Learn more about Westover Hills and what we have to offer at our Next Steps class. You can learn about our vision and values, find a ministry or life group, become a member, and more. Find more information and sign up online. And don't forget to download the Westover app where you can find these same events, follow along with today's sermon, find a recent message, and a whole lot more. Thanks for being here, and we hope to see you again soon. 
What a great place to be tonight. This is the best place to be in San Antonio tonight. Amen? Amen. We're so glad you took time to join us tonight, and welcome to those joining us online as well. If you're new here, if you haven't uh, been here before, we want an opportunity to connect with you and get to know you. We have what we even call a connect card. Imagine that, right? Connect card to connect. It's in the seat backs in front of you. If you would take an opportunity just to let us know more about you and your family, if you would, then what you can do, you can either put this in the offering bucket as it comes by in a few moments, or even better, we have what we call a connection center, which is in our main lobby, which if you take this out there, myself and my team will be out there. We have a gift for you. You can answer any questions you might have. We'd love just to help you get connected and get involved here at Westover. So where you find that is you go out this, go out the main doors here, go to the left, and our main lobby and connection center is right there. So we look forward to seeing you there after the service. We'd appreciate if the ushers would come forward with the, and prepare to take the offering tonight. Tithes and offering is a very sacred part of our worship. Sometimes we just think of the music and the exciting worship up front. And it was exciting as our worship. But worship is so much more. Worship is everything that we do because we call it a worship service. And everything contributes to worshiping God. And this is one way we worship God in thanksgiving back to him, giving a small part back to him of what he's entrusted us with and what he's given us in giving our tithes and our offerings. And so we appreciate your faithfulness week after week, month after month, who have to contribute to the mission of what we call making new and making great. And that's bringing people to know about Jesus and hoping that, helping them to grow in their faith and learn more about what this Christian life is all about. We have three primary ways to give. You can give through traditional means, through cash or check, and put it in the offering envelope, which is also in the seat back in front of you. We have this amazing feature called text to give. You use this number. It just once it takes a little setup to start it, and after that, then you just put in an amount, and whether it's going to tithe or offering or missions, sports outreach, and we make sure it gets to the right place. And it's just a great way to account for the finances of what God has given to us. You can also do the same thing electronically through online or through our app. But let's take time now to pray as we dedicate the Lord's tithes and offerings to him. Thank you, Lord, so much for blessing us. You have blessed us beyond measure. There were so many freedoms that we enjoy here, Lord, and just we have the opportunity to participate in helping others to experience those making new and making great moments. We pray that you'll take this offering and multiply it over and over again to meet the needs of those here and beyond this room and in our community and world beyond. We thank you that we can join you in this act of worship. In your holy name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. While ushers, ushers are collecting the tithes and offerings, just want to give you an exciting update about our sports outreach and sports ministry that's going on. We uh, are developing the field still to the, to the east of us. If you haven't taken time just to drive by, drive by, pause a little bit. Not too long or you get run over on Westover Hills Boulevard, but pause a little bit, pull over in our parking lot and pray for that facility. Pull over in the parking lot, pray, envision what it's going to look like. Already our sports leagues that we're offering through basketball and volleyball are busting at the seams and we're going to do even more amazing things with God's help when we open up soccer and flag football. The lights are operational now. The sprinklers are going in in a few weeks and then sod a few weeks after that and being prepared in faith for summer leagues. And again, God is going to do amazing things with that outreach to our community first and enabling people to know the love of Christ through your faithfulness. And thank you so much for the pledges that you all gave and are contributing to this ministry and the regular offerings to be able to keep it going because this is going to be an ongoing mission for as long as God allows us to be here on this earth. And it takes 
a village, literally, a church community to be able to make that happen. We, we were just excited about the hundreds, thousands of kids who are going to benefit from that ministry. So thank you so much. God bless you all. In 1930, at the edge of the Depression, Howard Homan and his wife Layla found out that they were pregnant and they had a son, and they named him Warren. The four-term congressman from the state of Nebraska was a man of influence in his community, but more importantly, he was a man of influence in his home. He was a committed husband and a dedicated father, and his son would often say that his dad was attentive and inspirational, and someone that he could rely on. In fact, Warren is quoted as saying that the best gift he ever received in his entire life was the fact that he had the dad he had when he was born. He even went so far to say that his dad was his hero. But Howard's influence in the life of his son, Warren, just didn't stop at home. It continued out into the public sector. For you see, Howard was a man of God. He was a man committed to integrity and teaching his children about character. Warren one time said, The best advice I ever got was from my father. He told me, It can take you 20 years to build a reputation, and in 20 minutes you can lose it. He said, This one piece of advice has shaped Every decision I've made in my life. But Howard's impact in the son of his life, in the life of his son Warren, just didn't stop there. It actually influenced the career choice that Warren ended up choosing. Warren one time said, If my father had been a shoe salesman, I would have been a shoe salesman. Fortunately for Warren and for the world, Howard Homan Buffett was a man of keen wisdom and insight when it came to business and investing. And he taught his son, Warren Buffett, how to be a wise, prudent investor of money and a person of character and integrity. Today, Warren Buffett is the CEO and chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, one of the most famous investment firms in the entire world. And for the last 50 years, he has been a pillar of the financial sector and, in fact, for the entire global economy. He has made a countless people very, very rich. But more importantly, he's had a significant impact in the character and integrity of people in the business field. Today, today, he is worth a very small sum of $91.3 billion dollars. But he credits all of his success to the one man in his life who was a pillar in his life, his father, Howard. And now he has chosen to give away most of his fortune as a philanthropist to make a difference in the lives of other people. Tonight I want to talk to you about the subject, Time Builds Influence. As we continue this series in the Strong Family Conversation, 
I want to talk to you about how time builds influence. And if there's one thing that I want you to hold on to tonight, it's this big idea that time is a tool that builds influence in the family. Time, when it's leveraged correctly, will build influence in the family. And as we build influence, it will actually create impact, not only in the lives of the people around us, but for future generations and more people as it extends outward. Now, I want to invite you to turn with me to Ephesians 5. We're going to look at verses 15 and 17. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Ephesian church. Now, just to give you a little bit of context about the book of Ephesians. Now, the city of Ephesus was a metropolitan city. It was a cosmopolitan city. It was the it place to go in the province of Asia Minor. It was the place to, to experience the arts, to experience culture, to experience music. And so if you lived in the ancient world, Ephesus was a place you'd want to be. But if you were a Christian, Ephesus was a very hard place to be. Because right in the middle, in the center of the city, was a temple to the goddess Artemis, or as she was known, Diana. It was ground zero for pagan worship. And that made it very, very difficult for the church of Ephesus to be fruitful. In fact, if you're a Bible scholar and you take a look at Acts 19, what you'll see is at the end of that chapter, there is this conflict that happens between the worshipers of Diana and the believers in Jesus Christ. They believed so much in Diana that they even minted on their coins the name Diana. It's as if, as if it were they were saying, in Diana we trust. And so the Apostle Paul, he, he loved the people of Ephesus, so he penned this letter to help them build an effective family in a defective world. And the truths that he wrote down in that passage are still true today. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that God's word still is true today, even as it was thousands of years ago. And so we can turn to God's word and we can look at this chapter in Ephesians and learn something about how time builds influence in the family. So join me. And if you happen to have your Westover app, feel free to open it up. We have notes there you can follow. But let's look at verse 15 and following. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Church, God has a will for you, a will for your marriage, a will for your family. And tonight, I want you to take hold of God's will for you. God wants you to use time in an effective way to build influence in your family. And maybe you may be saying, you know what, pastor, I'm not married. I don't have a family. Well, here's the good news. God's word also applies to you. You can use your time to build influence and make an impact in the lives of your friends, in the lives of your parents, in the lives of your classmates, in the lives of your students, in, in, in the classes that you're in. You can still make an impact. Jesus gave us the perfect example of how to use time to build influence. He spent three years in ministry, 
And he spent his days building influence in the lives of common people. Some were people who just needed hope and healing. Some were Jews. He even made a significant impact in the lives of some people who were not even Jewish people. They were Gentiles. But the one thing that I'm most glad about is that he came to seek and save the lost. He came to spread good news to us. He came to tell us that we can use time to make an influence. And his life serves as an example for us about how we can do this. God wants us to use time to build influence in our family. And I want to share with you three strategies to leverage time to build influence in your family life. Number one, invest your time wisely. Invest your time wisely. Verses 15 and 17 say this. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Verse 17 says, therefore do not be foolish. This word careful in the text, what it means in the original language is meticulous and intentional. Meticulous and intentional. And the word picture here is imagine someone who's building a pocket watch and they're very meticulous and intentional in putting everything together to make sure it works. But the Apostle Paul also continues by talking about how we need to live. We need to be careful. And what does that mean? And he gives us three categories to help us understand how we can do life in different ways. The first one he mentions is that we're, we can be wise or we can be unwise, or we can be foolish. Now, the wise person is careful, meticulous, and intentional. They're caring. They look out for the needs of others. They're, they're focused on making sure that people feel comfortable, making sure people feel welcome. They think about everything and everyone all the time. Pastor Jim is one of those people. He's a wise man. He thinks about everything and everyone all the time. The second category is unwise. This is people who, who are careful and meticulous and intentional some of the time. They're kind of like your teenagers. Some days, your kids and your teens, they're nice and they're kind and they say yes sir and no sir and yes ma'am and no ma'am and they do their homework and they help out and they clean up and then other days they wake up and you're wondering, what happened to you? Who are you? They're unwise. And then there's a, a third category, people who are foolish. These are people who are selfish, people who are inconsiderate, people who are prideful, people who only think about themselves. God doesn't want us to be foolish, but some of us have settled for being unwise. Just because we're not foolish does not necessarily mean that we're wise. We have to actively choose to be people who are wise and making an influence. To help us understand a little bit about how we need to invest our time wisely is I want you to think about money. Every one of us have heard time is, time is money. You're exactly right. And the similarities between time and money help us understand how we can invest our time in a significant way. For you see, money, money is an asset. It's something that has value. It's something that it has some worth to it. It can be wasted, it can be spent, or it can be invested. And if we invest it well, it produces a return on our investment. Now, for the parents in the room who have ever been to Chuck E. Cheese or Peter Piper Pizza, I want to let you know you've wasted your money. <laughs> now, I know the pizza is great, but anytime they convince you, your kids convince you to purchase tokens, 
you're wasting your money. Because here's what you do. You put in the money, you get the tokens, you give the kids the tokens, they may lose some of them, and then they go put the coins in machines on the off chance that they may get some tickets, and then they turn those tickets into a store for cheap stuff that they will play with for 15 minutes, and then three months from now, you're going to have to clean it out and throw it away. Wasting money. Spending money, on the other hand, is the process of even exchange. It's when you go to the store and you buy a gallon of milk or a loaf of bread, and what you do is you use your money and you get something of even value, of equal value. But when we invest our money, we have a certain amount of money, and what we do is we invest it. In weeks, months, and years down the road, we get a return on our investment. And what the Word of God is telling us is children, Church, we need to be people of wisdom. We need to be people who are willing to invest our time wisely. Like I said, time is like money. It's an asset. It has value. Some people say that time is the most valuable asset we have. You can lose money and gain money, but once time goes by, you can never get it back. It can be wasted. It can be spent and it can be invested. And when it's invested well, it actually produces a return on our investment. God wants us to be wise with our time. For you see, time, time is the currency of relationships. Time is what you give to the people that you love. Be willing to invest time in the people that you really care about. Now, Pastor Jim is my father-in-law. And I get the great privilege of serving on staff with him. And I see how he is a man of wisdom when it comes to his time and his energy. I see how he pours into us as a staff. I see how he pours into congregants. I see how he pours over plans and makes plans to advance Westover. But the thing that impresses me the most about Pastor Jim is how he intentionally invests his time in his grandkids. I see how he invests his time in my eight-year-old son, Aiden, and in my six-year-old, almost seven-year-old daughter, Alexis. He invests time in them. About once a month, the kids will come up to Papa, and they'll say, Papa, 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 when can we go to your house? We want to go to your house. And he says, well, let me look at my calendar. I'll figure it out. And so they'll go over, and sometimes they'll spend the night. But at, and the reason why they go is, on one hand, they love their grandparents, but on the other hand, my father-in-law has given them carte blanche and has told them, kids, you can have whatever you want. <laughs> and when they go to Papa's house, it's a food fest. It's a food fest. They get grapes, they get granola, they get popcorn, they get donuts, they get chocolate, they get more popcorn. It's a miracle that my kids actually eat a decent meal at my in-law's house. It's a miracle. The only reason why they get to eat a, me a meal at my in-law's house is because of my mother-in-law, Denise. If it wasn't for her, my kids would not have a decent meal because all they would eat is junk food. And what they'll do is they'll spend the evening, they'll watch movies, they'll eat popcorn, and they have a bunch of fun. But here's what I've realized. What my father-in-law has done is he has chosen to invest time in them. He knows that time is the currency of relationships with them and what he's doing is he's building influence in their lives. 
He's building up an investment in their heart for the moments when my kids have a tough time. They will go to him and they'll say, Papa, I'm having a hard time at school. Or my friends don't like me or whatever the case is. And he'll be able to say, I hear you. I hear you. Time is the currency of, it, of, of relationships. And so if you're looking for a way to know how to invest your time wisely, I want to offer you two thoughts. The first one, to invest your time wisely, is to ask key questions. Ask key questions. Anytime you're in a moment, whether it's with your kids or with your spouse or with your friends or when you're at work, you can ask these key questions. In a moment, you can say, what's the best use of my time right now? What can I be doing right now that can make the greatest impact? One of the things that really helps me is I say this statement in my heart, and I want to deposit it in your heart, because if you get it, I think it'll help you. It's this, I'll never get this moment back. I'll never get this moment back. When I'm tired and I want to go to sleep and I just want my kids to go to bed, I remember I'll never get this moment back and that helps me. Number two, identify the win. Identify the win. Every activity has a price tag, a return on its investment. Some are a waste of time. Others are just an even exchange, and some of them are investments. And so I'm going to mention a couple of different scenarios. I'm going to contrast two things. And I want you to think in your own mind, which of these two is the greatest win for you and your family? The first one is cleaning out the garage or going to a marriage class. Watching a sporting event or playing catch with your son. Scrolling through your social media feed or talking with your daughter playing a video game, or doing your taxes. And just so you know, a a small PSA, tax day is Tuesday, April 17th. Do it for your family. Do your taxes. You don't want the IRS after you. Once you've identified the win, you can implement the second strategy to using time in an effective way to build influence in your family. And that's to maximize your moments. Maximize your moments. Verse 16 says this, making the most of every opportunity. God wants us to make the most of every moment that he's entrusted to us. That's his expectation. He doesn't say maybe make the most of every opportunity. He says make the most of every opportunity. I love how the King James Version renders it. This is what the King James Version says. Redeem the time. Redeem the time. This word redeem in the original language actually means to buy up to ransom, to rescue from loss. God wants us to redeem the time that he's entrusted to us. And I want to let you know that one of the reasons that he wants us to redeem the time is because wasted time is wasted influence. When we waste our time, we waste the opportunity to build influence in the life of our family. That's not God's will for us. He wants us to invest our time. So are there moments in your day that God wants to redeem? Are there moments that God has entrusted to you that he wants you to buy back? Are there moments that he wants you to redeem from loss? Is it in the morning when your kids are eating breakfast? Is it when you're driving to work or when you're driving them to school? 
Is it when you're on break and you could send a text message to your spouse or a friend who needs encouragement? Maybe it's over lunch and you need to have an extended conversation with someone. Maybe it's when you're at home at dinner time. Instead of watching the news, spend time with your family. Maybe it's at bedtime. And this is an area where I struggle a little bit because I get to the end of the day and I just want them to go to bed. And the Lord has gripped my heart on multiple occasions saying, Jonathan, don't miss your moment. Maximize the moment. Don't miss your moment. You'll never get this moment again. And I believe for some of us, God is whispering that in our hearts. Redeem the time. Maximize the moment. Take advantage of the time that he's entrusted to you. For you see, we can be in the same house and not spend any time together. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been out of town a couple of days for a variety of reasons. And at the end of last week, my kids, separate occasions, they came and they climbed up in my lap. And they put their arm around my neck and they said, Dad, I miss you. Dad, I haven't had time with you. And it gripped my heart. And so what we did is we had some time this weekend. We had a family movie night. We had a bunch of popcorn. I think we ate like four bags of popcorn. My son ate two of them. Um, We had a great time. And then the next day, my wife gave me the profound privilege of working on my honeydew list. Now, I'll just say this, and this is a mystery to me, but wives can have honeydew lists for their husbands, but husbands never have honeydew lists for their wives. That's curious to me. I might need to look into that. But back to my story, my honeydew list. Uh, one of the things that was on our honeydew, well, my honeydew list, because that's how it works, was to do the lawn. And the truth is, is that um, my daughter, in all of her six years of wisdom, has decided, has formally told me and my son that the outside of the house is our responsibility. He says, she, said, she said to us, to both Aiden and I, you're in charge of the outside because mom and I are in charge of the inside. So you need to go outside. So what we did is we went outside and my wife was gracious to help cut the lawn a little bit and we edged the lawn and... We, we went to Home Depot and we picked out some plants and we, we cleared out an old flower bed, my son and I. And usually when we get to this point in the process, my son is grumbling, he's frustrated, he's having a meltdown, he doesn't want to be doing any of this, weeping, gnashing of teeth, the whole thing. But one of the things that I did before we went and did this project is I said to my son, Aiden, this is a moment for you and I. Let's spend some time together. Let's do this project together. So we did the flower bed, and, and he went and picked out the mulch, and we spread out the mulch, and, and we had a great time. And at the end of the time, he smiled and said, Dad, didn't we do a good job? And I said, yes, son, we did a great time. Great job. And he gave me a high five, and I gave him a high five and a hug. I told him that I was proud of him. I had something that I had to do but I chose to make it into a a situation where I got to spend time with my son. There are things that you have to do in life, but could it be that God is saying, I want you to redeem the time. I want you to maximize the moment. I want you to take advantage of the fact that you have time with your kids. 
Maybe for you, ways to redeem the moments is to have a family dinner together with no devices. No devices put away. Have a family movie night with popcorn and hot chocolate. Now, just don't tell my kids because they might invite themselves over to your house. (laughs) Maybe it is on the way home from school. You talk to them about their highs and their lows and the one thing that they learned. Maybe it is baking cookies together or inviting them to run an errand with you. God wants us to redeem the time. I want to pause and speak to the parents, and this has been on my heart for a couple of days. Some of you parents are frustrated with your kids and your teens. You've been talking to them, and you're talking to them, but you're just not getting through. And you don't understand, it's like hitting a wall. They don't receive what you say. They don't hear what you're talking about. I want to give you one parenting secret. I want to give you one parenting secret. Parenting is influence, not authority. Parenting is influence, not authority. Just like time is the currency of relationships, influence is the currency of leadership. And if you want to lead your kids and your students well, have influence. That's the reason why your kids and your teens listen to their friends. It's definitely not because their friends are smarter than you. They may be cuter than you, but it's because they have influence in the lives of your kids. And one of the things that influence does is it actually earns you the right to speak into their heart. Invest time in the lives of your kids and your students. And what you'll discover is they will will be willing to be led by you. And I just want to speak to the parents of, of sons Sometimes we have these conversations with our sons and we ask them, how was your day? And they say, good. Well, what did you learn? I don't know. (laughs) And you're you're like, I'm sending you to school. You've got to be learning something. Here's what I've learned. And I've learned this with my son is that when I take him on a journey and we do something together, he talks to me. He talks to me. And so if you're trying to get your son to speak with you, Take them on a journey. Have them do something with you. Maybe go shoot baskets or, or do some chores around the house or do something. What you'll discover is they will begin to talk to you. Which leads us to our third and final strategy of building influence in the family, which is watch your step. Watch your step. Verses 15 and 16, it says, Be very careful then how you live because the days are evil. Remember, the Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus and they lived in a very pagan culture. And what he was saying to them is, watch your step. In fact, this word live actually means walk. God wants us to watch our walk. And he was telling them to watch their walk because the people in the culture who were committed to Diana were wondering, is this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob real? Can he do things for me that the goddess Diana cannot? And our kids are making the same decision. They want to know if the things that they see in the culture are going to meet their needs or if the God that we serve is real. God wants us to watch our walk. Parents, 
I'm not here to alarm you, but the culture wants to dethrone you as the primary influencer in the lives of your kids and your teens. Watch your step. Watch your walk. Some years ago, I had the chance to visit London, and it was a great trip. Had a great time. I went and saw the Parliament Building. I went and saw Big Ben. I went and saw the London Eye. Had a great time. I ate more biscuits and jam for breakfast than I ever wanted to. We had a great time. And I even had the chance to ride on their public transport system, their train. And if, and if you've ever been to London or England, what you'll notice is as you step onto the platform where the trains come up and stop, right before you step on, it says, mind the gap. Mind the gap. And they have signs up in the subway station that gives very specific instruction for people to mind the gap. For you see, there is a gap between the train and the platform. And if you're not careful, you can get your foot stuck in the gap. Furthermore, those signs offer very specific and careful instruction if you have small kids traveling with you, that they need to mind the gap. And as I was preparing the sermon, I thought to myself, I said, isn't that fitting? Three weeks ago, we had the Stand Strong Men's Conference. And Pastor Choco de Jesus came in and he challenged us as men to be gap leaders, to be willing to step in the gap. And I firmly believe that God is calling all of us to be gap leaders, to be people who are willing to step in the gap, to be willing to mind the gap for our kids, to be willing to do everything that we can to build influence in the lives of our kids and our students and in the lives, actually, in the lives of everyone around us. But we have to be willing to step into the gap to make sure that we don't lose our kids and our students. Parents, grandparents, watch your steps. Little feet follow. As I close, I want to share this poem with you. It's entitled, Walk With Me, Daddy. It says, Walk alongside me, Daddy, and hold my little hand. I have so many things to learn that I don't yet understand. Teach me things to keep me safe from dangers every day. Show me how to do my best at home, at school, at play. Every child needs a gentle hand to guide them as they grow. So walk alongside me, Daddy. We have a long way to go. God is calling us to be people who are willing to watch our step. And as we close, I want to invite you to stand with me. God is challenging us tonight to be people of influence, to leverage the time, to redeem the time so that we can build influence and make an impact. God is calling us to answer it. He's challenging us, church, to be willing to say yes to him, to be willing to be gap leaders, to be willing to say, yes, Lord, I'll do exactly what you want me to do so that they can stand up in the culture. 
And if you're here tonight, I want you to decide in your heart right now that you're going to be a person who chooses to build influence and that you're going to use time to build influence in the lives of the people around you. God loves your children and he wants to empower you. The Holy Spirit is available to us to empower us in every moment of life. 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Sometimes we face challenges and it's difficult to build influence and to set things aside, but I believe the Holy Spirit wants to empower you tonight. He is something for you. He wants us to understand his will, which is to build influence. So at this time, I invite you to bow your heads and Let's go to the Lord and ask him. God, we're here tonight and we're willing to say yes to you. You've challenged us to be people who will redeem the time to build influence in the lives of the people around us. God, we need you. God, we need your empowerment. We need you to help us. God, Give us your Holy Spirit so that we can communicate to our kids that they can stand up in the culture. Allow us to have a voice that makes sense to them, that makes an impact in their life, that affects the kind of character integrity that they have, to affects the, the kind of career that they choose. God, you love our children. You've entrusted to them. You've also entrusted to us the responsibility, the sacred responsibility of utilizing the time that you've given to us to make a significant impact. Holy Spirit, help us. Let us be people who are willing to watch our step and stand in the gap for our children. Empower us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you. We're so glad that you're here. We pray that you go in the love of Christ. You're dismissed.